How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? How are you now? Folks, we got a new series here for you. This is an idea uh, thought up by my colleague, Pat Bexel, that maybe once a week we would do an episode focusing on prospects in the Montreal Canadian system. I mean, this is a rebuilding year, so what better to do with your time? Then, uh, then think a little bit about the future and start looking at some of these young players that are coming up in the organization. So I've dubbed it, I've dubbed it Eyes on the Prospects. <laughs> Very original. Uh, it's a working title, so bear with me. We might change it. But for the first installment, I wanted to take some time to talk about who feels like everybody's either favorite or least favorite prospect in the organization, and that's uh, Logan Mayu. Um, he, he's a pretty polarizing character, it seems. Um, a lot of people are still upset about just the fact that Montreal even drafted him. You know, going back to his draft year, we all know why, but he tried to remove himself from contention. He put out a statement saying that nobody should draft him. He wanted some time to work on himself as a person and really earn the right to be drafted. Uh, but Marc Bergevin and company at the time said, fuck that. We're drafting him anyways, uh, believing in some of the upside that he has and making him a Montreal Canadian. Now, whatever your thoughts are on that draft pick, uh, whatever your thoughts are on his actions in Sweden and what he's done since then to atone for that, um, the, the fact is he's a Montreal Canadiens prospect. So for me personally, I've taken the position from day one of, you know, I'm going to evaluate him based on what I see. I've posted a lot of clips on my Twitter account. Uh, you can go over there and check it out. If you do a search for his name on my Twitter account, you will see a lot of different highlights, clips that I've put together. Uh, from the amount of games that he has played in the OHL. And that leads me to the, the first problem with Logan Mayu, right? It's just that we don't have enough data on him. We don't have enough games. Because he had the pandemic, right? So he goes to Sweden, plays in the third division, does pretty well there, considering that it was the Swedish third division and his first time playing in Europe, as far as I know anyways. Um, he, he did pretty well. But it's the Swedish third division, so you don't get a whole lot of data. You don't get a whole lot of video from that either. And he also didn't play a lot of games there. Contract ended up being terminated as a result of his legal issues. He goes back to Canada, and then he gets suspended. So he spent most of or the first half of last year essentially suspended until January. And then when he comes back, he plays about 12 games and gets injured in a fight with Pasquale Zito. Hurts his shoulder and was out all the way until this year. So the result of all that is that in the last three seasons, we've barely seen him play. Now, let's talk first about the good. What do we see that's really good about this prospect? And I'll tell you guys, I've seen most of his games this season. I've only missed a couple. He is one of the best skaters and best shooters that we have in the system right now. This kid flies out there. Now, for a six foot three, 200 and whatever pound defenseman, I'm not sure exactly what he's weighing in right now, but it's a lot. He's a heavy, big kid. You would not expect to see somebody move that well. He can go end to end with the best of them. He can absolutely flat out embarrass opposing defenders uh, and take it to the net. I mean, his, his skating is next level. His skating is pro ready for sure. And the other thing that's pro ready is his shot. Again, I don't think that we have a prospect in the Montreal Canadiens system who can shoot the puck like him. I don't think we have very many professional players right now who can shoot the puck like him. His shot is special. He gets velocity on it, whichever type of release he chooses. I mean, he's got a really good clapper. <clears throat> His snapshot is, is unreal. His wrist shot 
is incredibly heavy. I've seen him on multiple occasions last year and this year actually injure goaltenders with a half wrister from the point. The type of velocity that this kid can get on the puck uh, from anywhere he chooses, his wheelhouse is huge for one-timers also, by the way, now that I'm on his shot. But just the type of velocity that he gets on that shot is scary. It's very difficult to see, and that makes it very difficult for goaltenders to stop. And even when they do stop it, again, on multiple occasions, I've seen goaltenders go down and had to have trainers come out on the ice to check on them because they got hurt by the shot. It's, it's a special kind of shot. It's, it's the kind of shot that you don't often see. He's currently sitting at 7 goals and 7 assists for 14 points through 16 games. And I got to tell you, folks, it could be considerably higher than that, especially on the goals front, uh, because he, he's gotten unlucky in a few games. I've seen him hit the crossbar, I've seen him hit the post, uh, seen him, you know, some miraculous, you know, kind of just puck just ends up hitting the goaltender type saves. Again, he's hurt a couple of goalies with his shot. Um, his, his numbers could be pumped up a little bit if he had a little bit more shooting luck. Um, I don't think... He's shooting at an incredibly high percentage, and um, quick check tells me he's got 45 shots on goal for those seven shots, so that would put him at about 15%, which you'd think is high, but I mean, it's not incredibly high for somebody who shoots the puck like he does. Uh, trust me, folks, if you if you haven't had a chance yet, check out one of the games. I guarantee you he's going to put one or two on net, and just look at the velocity that this guy gets. I mean, I, I can't say enough about how he shoots the puck, and then when you couple that with the skating, you have a, a very very legitimate offensive threat from the blue line the likes of which the Habs just haven't had in quite some time since maybe I don't know who's the, who's the last real offensive threat that they had in the blue line I guess Subban you could say Markov um, but like I really don't think either of those guys could even shoot the puck the way he could Subban had the clapper um, and, and maybe his clapper was close to if not more potent but you know, Logan Mayu shoots the puck in a way that you just don't often see. And that's going to give him a certain level of success at the NHL level. That plus the skating. They're two very important tools. But when you talk about Logan Mayu, if if you just focus on those two tools, you're, you're not giving a complete picture of, of who he is as a player. There are some problems in his game as well. I talked about the skating, right? He's capable of going end-to-end with the best of them. And I mean with the best of them. I mean, there, there's been some highlights that he's pulled off. Uh, there was one, it was last year, where he cuts around uh, two different players, beats a defender towards the middle, and then he ends up getting fouled uh, at least two times. I think they called one penalty. He doesn't score, but you know, just that ability to completely flip the ice the other way and affect the game in transition like that and force the other team to take penalties, it's valuable. But there's also some problems in that he doesn't have a ton of deception in the way that he does it. Like when he skates up ice, it's just him moving real fast and he, he does have some pretty good puck handling, but there's not a lot of deception. He's very clear about his intent, so it's easy to predict what he's going to do. So there are some occasions where he skates himself right into two or three guys and, and then loses the puck. Um, but and, and it's, it's kind of infuriating to watch because you'll see him pull off an incredible move at one point and then very later in that same game he has an opportunity to do the same thing but he just skates right into two guys so it can get it can get frustrating to watch him because you know what he can do but he, he just doesn't always do it I think there's there's ways that they can overcome that they can teach him to have a little bit more deceptive skating a little bit more movement laterally as he cuts through the neutral zone and then he might be able to kind of surprise defenders a little bit more uh, and be less predictable when he cuts across the blue line. But overall, 
it's it's just it's it's not quite there yet. It's not at pro level yet. He still needs more time. I really wish he would have got more time in the OHL, but of course, as I already mentioned, uh, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. The other problem in his game is just general defensive positioning and awareness. Um, I feel like this has gotten better throughout the course of the season. There are some scouts who will disagree with me, and uh, th- that's fine, right? You, different people are going to have different opinions about how he's done so far. But for me, I've seen improvement. He seems more reserved in the defensive zone. He seems like he's taking smarter routes uh, to get to the puck. Uh, he's making smarter passes with the puck. Uh, his first pass was a little bit rough last year. It looks a lot better this season. He's making smarter decisions. But there is still an an aspect there of hockey IQ being a little bit lower than you want it to be. The thing with him is because of his skating and because of his physical tools, he's got a much bigger margin for error than most guys do, right? He can fuck up and miss a check and get himself back into position faster than most people can because of his skating. But the problem is when you get to the NHL level, everybody's a great skater. For the most part, you don't have a lot of shitty skaters playing in the NHL because it's very tough to get there and be a shitty skater. So as he progresses, presumably next year, I see him potentially suiting up for the Laval Rocket, right? As he gets there, it's going to be more and more important for him to have those routes down packed, to have his positioning down packed, because if he doesn't, he's going to get burnt by those excellent skaters and his skating's not going to be able to cover it up the way that it currently does. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. It's really going to be an, an issue for him at the professional level if he can't make improvements. And I, I, while I'm on this, I, I think it's important for me to talk about this because I'm high on Logan Mayu. I ranked him number 11 in my top 25 under 25. So I'm higher than most on him. And I see a lot of people, you know, when scouts, evaluators talk negatively about his defensive game, immediately a lot of people on Twitter and stuff like to go to, well, you're just being woke and you just want to cancel him for what he did in Sweden. I implore everybody, like, start listening to those people. Because when they're pointing out the defensive issues in his game, they, they are real issues. And I hope that he is listening to those same comments and trying to make those adjustments. Because if he does, he has the potential to become a top-pairing defenseman in the NHL. He has those kind of tools. He needs to fix the positional issues. He needs to fix some of that awareness, right? Making better decisions. Not taking dumb penalties, I think the dumb penalties are a little bit overblown. People talk about those a little bit more than they need to. But, like, I watched his game last night. He played, um, who did they play against? Jesus Christ. Let me go double check that. He played against Oshawa. So they played the Oshawa Generals. They won. But he took two pretty bad penalties in that game. Um, he had one, I think it was a slash, and another one was roughing. Um, neither of them were necessary. It's not something that he does every game but every so often he'll get in a game where he gets a little bit frustrated or a little bit pissed off at the opponent and he'll he'll just take some needless penalties and listen getting pissed off at your opponent that happens it's hockey man it's a physical game Uh, nobody's gonna fault you for taking a couple of bad penalties every year but he 
is at his best when he's on the ice and when he's in the offensive zone. And if he's taking penalties, you know, he doesn't get to do any of that. I think Oshawa scored on one of the penalties against too. So it was a bit of an impediment for his team in that game. Although he had a positive overall impact in that game, um, despite those penalties, right? I think he was, he was plus two. He was on the ice for more goals than he was not on the ice for. So um, look, it's, it's something that he needs to be mindful of. And again, I, I implore everybody don't, assume that any criticism of his game is rooted in in wokeness or a want or or a desire to cancel him right he's he's a habs prospect he's going to get his shot and there's a reason they gave him an elc it's because they're betting on those tools and those tools man the skating the shot they're incredible if he listens to the criticism about his defensive game and he takes it to heart and he puts in the work like other prospects have done on areas of their game that people have told them are problematic, he has a legitimate chance at becoming a top-pairing defender in the NHL. It's going to be a long road for him. I don't I don't think he's going to step into the NHL right away. I think he's probably going to need some time in the AHL. And really, I think he needs that step up in competition. I think he needs to play against better skaters. I think he needs to find out what it's like when his skating isn't as elite compared to his peers and it can't cover up for his uh for his shortcomings i think he needs i I would be very interested to see him in laval next year and see how he can compete against professionals because he would immediately improve laval's power play tomorrow if they picked him up and put him on there immediately your power play is better i think he would immediately improve montreal's power play tomorrow you could put him on the habs tomorrow night they got a game uh tuesday night well, I don't know what time it's at, but if they put him out there tomorrow, I guarantee you, if, if he only skates on the power play, he would look pretty goddamn good because he would immediately make their power play better. The problem would come is when he's got to play in his defensive zone and his positioning's off, his timing's off, his decision-making is off, and they end up getting scored on a couple of times. So uh, th- there's a player here. There is a legitimate player here. There's a reason I ranked him at 11th in, in my top 2525. I believe that he can overcome these defensive issues and become a legitimate player for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. So far this season, he's off to a pretty good start. You'd like to see a little bit more scoring from him. Uh, but listen, 14 points in 16 games, that ain't half bad coming from the blue line. Uh, you got to like it. Uh, you got to hope for a little bit more, and you got to hope that he continues to develop on some of those other aspects of his game that I touched on. You know, the defense, the positioning, the decision making. If he can do that, you know, we might see this guy in a Montreal Canadiens uniform in the next couple of years. That's going to be it for our first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. They're going to be quick ones. We're not going to spend too much time on these. Um, next week, I'm going to be probably looking at a different CHL prospect. And uh, you know my colleague Patrick is going to have you guys covered when it comes to the European prospects. And we'll try to get into the, the NCAA guys as well. Of course, everybody's very interested in Lane Hudson. Uh, everybody's very interested in Sean Farrell right now. So uh, we'll try to keep this series going at least on a weekly basis, if not a little bit um, shorter intervals. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to be it for this episode. It's over 15 minutes, so it's a pretty big one. The next ones might not be as long. I hope you enjoy them. Thank you for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.